Welcome to the Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association, helping sales-focused professionals discover new tools, trends, and strategies. Please welcome your host, Bill Bannum. Welcome to another podcast from the CPSA. Every business wants to find the fuel that will accelerate the sales engine. Often, they turn to sales commission as a, as a solution. When done correctly, commissions can be that foot on the gas that your organization needs. However, commission-based sales also creates new challenges for organizations, and making changes to existing commission structures can cause dissatisfaction in the team. In this CPSA podcast, we'll consider some top ways to structure commission to ensure that your implementation is a success. And our guest this time is the wonderful, awesome, fantastic David Johnston, president at Sales Resource Group and a very well-known Canadian sales compensation expert. For sales professionals, team leaders, and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com and remember to subscribe to the cpsa podcast through itunes google play and more dave welcome to the show thanks very much bill uh it's always a, a pleasure to uh get together with you and uh, chat about comp yeah and uh listeners as as uh dave just alluded to there this isn't the first time that i've had the uh had the pleasure of interviewing uh, dave so uh, please do check out other podcasts from the cpsa where dave is not just the interviewee, but also he's hosted a bunch of shows for us in the past as well. So firstly, Dave, please introduce yourselves to the uh, to the CPSA audience. Yes. Okay. Well, um, I have been uh, involved in sales compensation for almost 30 years now, and I've worked with organizations extremely large, uh, up into the billions, uh, and then others uh, as small as a few salespeople who were struggling to try and uh, create growth and, and uh, take their businesses to the next level. My original background uh, was in clinical psychology, uh, specializing in crisis intervention. And uh, it's been a great basis for working with sales, trust me. Um, we have been involved in um, looking at all kinds of sales performance management uh, aspects. But one of the things that has been the core uh, in looking at Salesforce effectiveness for years has been getting the right sales compensation plan that aligns with the goals and objectives of your business and make sure that you're um, rewarding um, and incentivizing the right things. So uh, that's a little bit about me and uh, let's move ahead, Bill. Okay, thank you very much. Now, uh, this interview today is largely geared towards uh, leaders of sales teams, but for for others out there who are listening to this show, perhaps more junior frontline sales folk, um, maybe you can just start here by explaining to them why sales compensation even matters. The best sales compensation plans are the ones that are uh, effective as a communications tool. And by that, I mean, 
for sales compensation to be effective, it has to communicate to the sales force what you value and want to pay them for um, delivering. And secondly, it should tell them where to focus their time and effort uh, to get the most uh, benefit for the company, but also for themselves. So there needs to be strong alignment between what they deliver in their performance and the payout that comes from the compensation plan. Further, sales compensation uh, is a very personal thing for salespeople. Um, it affects their lifestyle. It has a great impact in terms of initiating and reinforcing certain kinds of desired sales behavior if it's done right. Conversely, it can also be an albatross for the company um, if they don't get alignment and your sales compensation plan is reinforcing either old sales paradigms uh, or worse yet, it's um, uh, generating inappropriate behavior uh, and the kinds of activities uh, that not only impact the company negatively and their reputation, but also, um, you know, can do things that will turn off your customers and force them to go to other uh, sales organizations. Okay, thank you. Great. Uh, now let's uh, let, let's consider some ways to structure commission to ensure that a company's implementation is indeed a, a success. Firstly, Dave, can can you talk a bit about setting up a high commission to salary to salary ratio? What is it, and why does that matter? Well, if you were to talk to people in finance, uh, they would love to have commission plans that only paid out when the company uh, made uh, made a sale. Uh, they don't like having a lot of uh, fixed overheads because obviously that impacts um, not only uh, profitability, uh, but it also in times when uh, sales are a little bit tougher, economic times uh, are tougher. Uh, it means that you're, you've got fixed costs um, that you pay out regardless of whether or not sales are made. So why would we go to higher commission rates? Um, well, first of all, uh, commissions uh, drive um, direct sales performance. So we call them direct drive plans or production plans. The more uh, commission you're paying, the more you can expect, expect salespeople to drive to deliver sales. Now that sounds like a um, you know nirvana that uh, you just put a commission plan in place and salespeople uh, deliver what you need. Well, very often though, commission plans, if they're not structured properly, uh, can have people selling regardless of whether there's any profitability in the sale. So they'll just drive to the lowest price uh, and get on to the next sale. And it's very easy to sell if you're giving the product away. So you have to be careful that when you structure your commission plans, uh, that they deliver profitable sales, that they focus on the right products and services, and you're not just selling uh, low margin door opener uh, products without getting any of the higher margin, more profitable products sold. Um, and as well as that, uh, looking at the kinds of um, commission programs, when you have very high incentive and very low base, so you have a mix of say 30% base and 70% incentive, that's a huge, you know, for salespeople that have uh, unlimited opportunity uh, and have uh, products that are um, 
relatively uh, in demand in the marketplace, that can be a boom uh, for both the company and the salesperson, providing that the commissions at that level aren't eating up a lot of your margin. Um, conversely, uh, the, the bad side of commissions at that level are that you may be inducing turnover in your sales force. In today's marketplace, um, there's a lot of volatility. Uh, commission plans uh, that are paying out the majority of total compensation from a commission perspective lead to high volatility in the, um, the income for the individuals that are selling those uh, under those schemes. As a result, it's extremely important that when you set the mix of base and incentive, you look at all aspects uh, of the sale, including the margin requirements, uh, including the payouts and the potential impact on incomes for your salespeople, make sure that you're getting the right mix for your particular product and market. Excellent. Thank you, Dave. Now let's consider creating tiers in one's commission structure. Can you, can you explain a bit about the concept of creating tiers and maybe go into some of the pros and cons for that too? I'm actually looking at one of those right now for a client. Uh, Bill, and what happens is um, when you pay a flat commission, uh, it doesn't really communicate to the salesperson uh, anything other than bringing as much as you can to selling to whomever you can for whatever you can. Uh, and so, as I said, uh, effective commission plans are communicate certain things to salespeople. When you have tiered plans, Typically, what we're trying to do is get people to achieve to a target level of performance and above. So by paying a lower commission up front, uh, companies are trying to recover some of their overhead costs, especially if there's base salaries involved, plus expenses and other uh, things that companies pay out. So they pay a lower level of commission uh, earlier on. Once you reach a certain threshold, uh, then the commission rate changes. Sometimes that threshold is at a break-even point. Other times it's at a um, uh, certain percentage of target sales. So it may be at 50% and 75% and then at 100%. Um, but the, the key to it is you want people to work harder as they sell more because they get a higher level of commission and that drives the company towards sales targets. Uh, especially. Uh, at the 100% achievement of target, <clears throat> it's important that uh, there's some recognition of that uh, so that uh, salespeople feel motivated um, when they're in months, uh, you know, uh, in October and November to continue to sell hard right till the end of the year. So having um, a higher level of commission for overachievement uh, is an important factor in driving growth. Okay, thank you very much. And then just Finally, Dave, in, in terms of the different approaches, what, what about the approach of creating a culture that helps the entire team to hit targets? So, for example, organizations often try to incentivize sales teams to work together uh, instead of compete with each other by, by giving additional commissions to, to everyone on the team if the whole team hits their targets. I, myself, I, I've been in a team like that and it worked very well for us. Talk to us a bit about that. Well, um, team commissions. Um have, uh, like all the, the rest of sales compensation, have both their positives and negatives. The, the strong positive is 
if um, people have to um, work uh, interdependently, in other words, they need to work together in order to achieve the overall goal, uh, then it's important that you have, everybody has a bit of a stake in that. Uh, in particular, uh, in today's environment where we have solution sales, uh, very often uh, it's not just one salesperson, it could be a number of salespeople at different levels of the organization, uh, like a key account manager, a territory sales rep, and um, you know, a, an inside sales rep, all on the same team working for the same customer. In those situations where they all have to work together in order to deliver the solution, um, it's important that somehow uh, everybody gets recognized for their contribution uh, to the sale, and they also uh, feel they also recognize the contributions that others make in the, in the sale. Um, the difficulty is when you try to um, take people that work interdependently. So they work individually, they don't need anybody else on the sale, but you want them to cooperate or collaborate. Um, so you put them on a team incentive program. When that happens, uh, people get frustrated because top performers uh, who are delivering the result um, without the need of uh, another salesperson or peer, uh, they'll feel uh, jilted and feel that um, you know some of the revenue or some of the incentive that they should have had is going to other people who really weren't involved in the sales that they made. Uh, conversely, people who are uh, not at the same level are not making those sales can get a windfall without um, having any uh, part in it because it will cause them to um, be very much um, looking at uh, how to get in on the sale as opposed to making their own sales to drive performance. So, like I said, it's positive and negative, but team incentives, when used in the appropriate manner, that recognize the contribution of each individual to those sales appropriately can be a huge factor in driving a, uh, uh, a culture of success and performance. Awesome. Thank you, Dave. Dave, we're already pretty much at the end of this interview. So before we wrap things up for today, uh, how can our listeners connect with you and how can they learn more about the sales resource group? Well, we, um, we are online at um, salesresourcegroup.ca. Um, we, uh, we do a lot of work uh, out in the community to try and give back to um, uh, the sales community in terms of uh, podcasts such as this, Bill. Uh, as well as, uh, you know, attending conferences, et cetera. Uh, and I'm not the kind of consultant that uh, hits the clock when a, a phone call comes in. So if you need information, feel free to give me a shout. And just to add to that, listeners, uh, those who are CPSA members who are listening to this, you can also check out loads of articles from Dave on the CPSA website. And uh, as he mentioned a second ago, he's, he's done lots of podcasts with us in the, in the past. And I'd just like to add, Dave, personally, um, I've, I've always really enjoyed working with you on, on shows like this. And, uh, and listeners, um, I'm also pleased to, to call Dave uh, a good friend of mine. So um, just finally then, just to finish up for today, I'd just like to say, Dave Johnston, thank you very much for being a guest on this CPSA podcast. Thanks for having me on, Bill. And listeners, as always, until next time, happy selling. Thank you for listening to Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association. 